Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Radio. This is Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, and the ESPN MT app. Great first hour. Uh, talked a little Big Sky men's basketball. Heard from Grizz coach Travis DeCure. Heard from Big Sky high school girls head coach Travis Williams. The Eagles, one loss, number two in the state in Class AA. We also heard from Montana State head hockey coach Dave Weaver. We got to get to the NFL. It's Brooks and Colter Nuanez, all football, all the time. Brought to you by Sportsbet Montana. All football, all the time here on Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. Hear a little background noise. It's because the uh, the new king of the household, he's screaming a little bit. It's uh, lunchtime as we record this. Uh, we're going to do a lot more football analysis, a lot less betting on this one because we'll give you some of the best bets for the Super Bowl next week. But Brooks Nuanez joining us like he does each Thursday. Presented by Sports Bet Montana. Depressing, we only have one NFL game remaining. The Super Bowl, of course. Now I'm sad. <laughs> you asked me last week if I was sad. I'm now I am. Yeah, now we're sad. They actually trolled us. SNL, their lead skit was all about this. It's all about everybody talking about how sad they were in football is over and basically mocking <laughs> middle aged American men. Like, hey, you can actually go to your friend's house or your brother's house and hang out and not watch. Yeah, there, there's something about that that's nice, yeah. Yeah, right? We get our lives back. <laughs> you see, I roll over your house and we just sit there. <laughs> hey. And now you can do some stuff. Uh, we're going to get the uh, Sportsbet Montana app in your life. Go on online, sportsbetmontana.com. Of course, the uh, San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs will square off uh, in Las Vegas. Let's talk about last week's games, though. First of all, what'd you think of? I thought this was incredibly bold and incredibly well executed. Everybody always wants to talk about the quarterbacks, and that's the easiest thing to talk about. And like how you derail the quarterbacks is such an important part. But I thought it was so bold and so well executed by Steve Spagnola and the Chiefs defense to say, hey, we're playing the best running quarterback in the NFL. So what are we going to do? We're going to blitz him. We're going to blitz him to death. We're going to bring six every single play and just make his brain fry. 
And what happened? Lamar Jackson's brain fried, and he did nothing. And it, it it screwed the Ravens up so bad that they refused to even run the ball. That's what they do. They ran the ball on first or second down three times the whole game. That's yeah. it. They were playing like they're down 21 nothing, even though it was a seven-point game. It was wild. What did you think of just the aggression of the Chiefs? I loved it. I'm always an advocate to blitz, Coulter. I tell you this in all other sports. Basketball, full-court press, baby. I'm right. doing it all game. Football, I'm blitzing six every single play. I just think that it's... So effective, especially because when you don't blitz, now you can play games. You can start to mirror things. You can start to yeah. you know give the quarterback a little bit of a mirage. I think that if you blitz, you put that you dictate the pace of the game, and that you put a little bit of the onus on the offense to have to make decisions rather than you being so reactive on defense. You know you're getting downhill. You have a guy or two that has a job. He has no res- uh, assignment or responsibility besides to get after the quarterback. I thought Steve Spagnuolo and the way that the players talked about him after thought it was a masterclass. And you do it against the Ravens because the. The, the pundits would say, okay, you don't blitz Lamar Jackson because if he breaks loose against the blitz, he can gash you for a 30-yard run or he can gash you with a long game. They just don't have really anybody. Like, okay, let's say Lamar Jackson hits half of the big passes that you give up or, you know, 40% of the big passes you give up when, by blitzing all the time. Well, that's fine because Odell Beckham and Nelson Aguilar and and – Zay Flowers are all just like okay NFL receivers. Zay Flowers could be pretty good. He's only a rookie, but it's not like CeeDee Lamb or Jamar Chase or, you know, Justin Jefferson or some of the other guys where if you're you're lighting them up there, those guys are going to go for 15 for 200. They just don't really have guys like that. No, Zay Flowers isn't that dude, and Odell's not that guy, and Mark Andrews could be, but, you know, he's coming off an injury. Or if he was out for what? 10 weeks? I, mean, I was surprised he played. I, I thought that they should have just rolled with Likely, who's kind of on a little bit of a heater. He's a good player. It's funny <clears> to me when the commentators talk that kind of stuff up. Like, they, that was the whole pregame narrative is Mark Andrews is such a warrior. He loves this team. He he told John Harbaugh, no matter what, I'm going to be back for Championship Sunday. I get it. I get, like, the toughness that it takes to come back. Are you actually making your team better if you haven't played in 10 weeks? Have you got a guy in Isaiah Likely? I don't think that, so. I mean, who played better than Isaiah Likely the last the second half of the season? Yeah, he's right there. I mean, anybody that got him off the waiver wire, I mean, he scored like six or seven touchdowns the last eight weeks of the year. I mean, he was money. Yeah, I won my work fantasy league because of him. Totally. So I just always wonder when guys come back, it's admirable, it's valiant, but also does it actually make you better? Like, well, Especially if, if you're only playing half the half the snaps and then you take right. away from Likely, it's, he never right. gets in a rhythm. If, if you're getting Mark Andrews like day 100% Mark Andrews who's in a rhythm, then you're not, though. You're not. You're getting, even if he's 100% health wise, he hasn't played in two and a half months. So. Interesting. From a pure betting perspective, though, like Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal said, coming into this thing, coming into the game, they said, hey, if Mahomes wins this, we're officially in. You can never bet against Mahomes' territory. And they want it. And I think that that's right. I think it's it's really hard. And that's why this Super Bowl is going to be fascinating because you're going to be tempted to, with the Chiefs having plus odds, to, to throw down on the Chiefs. But you're also going to be tempted to bet against the Chiefs because the Niners are really dang good. So uh, what do you think of just the, the Mahomes dynamic, Patrick, uh, playoff Mahomes? Everyone, especially his peers, they need to they need to step back and they need to not only recognize and be, a, a, I guess, appreciative of the moment and the player that he is, but they need to take some lessons, man. Tom Brady, you could say it about, maybe even a little bit of Peyton Manning. Patrick Mahomes' his best trait is he understands what style of football game he's playing. That's right. It might be, there's six, seven different styles. 
That's right. He understands what they need to do to beat the Ravens, and it might have nothing to do with him throwing the football. That's right. He might not throw the ball for 10 or 15 minutes of, of game time and then have to make the pass of the game, and he's prepared to do that because right. he knows what the strategy is. He knows what they're getting after. I thought he was just as impressive as he's ever been. He doesn't have the weapons that he's that he's had, and he's just lighting Travis Kelsey up. 11 targets, 11 catches, 125 yards. I mean, just absolutely... The touchdown that he threw to Travis Kelsey when Kyle Han- Hamilton was defending back shoulder at the pylon, we're talking about as good of a throw that has ever been made in NFL history. That's right. Patrick Mahomes, man, is there were some plays where he almost got sacked and bent over backwards. And I saw these memes on Twitter the day after about him in the quarterback documentary showing all his core work and showing him in positions in the Netflix show that he was then in (laughs) during the game. And you're like, this is why he does all this funny stuff. This is why he's trained harder than anyone. This is why he's more mentally prepared than everybody. I absolutely love watching Patrick Mahomes play. He absolutely lit it up. Josh Allen, take notes. Lamar Jackson, take notes. Figure it out. It's a different style of football in the playoffs, and Patrick Mahomes has, has absolutely mastered it. That's why they're going to their fourth Super Bowl in the last six years because all those other guys you named have been awesome. They've also had times when they completely melted down and they've cost their teams games. Lamar Jackson didn't play well. I mean, he the pick at the end, towards the end of the game was terrible. Josh Allen didn't play well towards the end. He played great throughout the game against the Chiefs, but then he had a couple Patrick Mahomes knows that it doesn't matter until the end. That's right. That's right. He's got to go. The Lions figured out it doesn't matter until the end. That's right. you got to play. All of it's irrelevant until the the last possession. It doesn't matter. It's so true. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Brooks Nuanas joining us here on All Football All the Time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Can I say something real quick about Lamar Jackson? Yeah. What did you think of his as uh, Dennis Eckersley impression. Like, how did he just all of a sudden become a, a side-armed quarterback that threw the ball 194 miles an hour? Like, what was his mechanics? So what was he doing? What was he doing? What was he doing throughout? What was the coaching? No one helped him out here. They ran the football eight times total. He had three rushes. They ran the ball five times with the running backs. Five carries. That's crazy. No one's helping him out there. He's melting then, down on the sidelines. But where He's is... getting in fights with his teammates. Zay Flowers is busting up his hand. He's throwing, He's throwing the ball fits. as hard as a human can throw the ball. Like, there were shots to Odell Beckham Jr. in the end zone. The ball, like, hit the turf and made, like, a golf divot because it's just, like, whistling. It's like, dude, chill out a little bit here. Get back to your mechanics, throw the ball overhand, and, and put it on a spot. I mean, his his inaccuracy has been an issue for him, and it was on full display. Yeah, they, they have major regrets right now if you're Baltimore because you were absolutely in the driver's seat. I mean, you're hosting the AFC Championship game for the first time ever in your franchise's history. You got everybody there, Ray Lewis and Jonathan Ogden and, you know, um, Terrell Suggs and Todd Heap and all the great players, Ed Reed in your franchise history to celebrate you. The thing that made you win 15 games to get to that point, you didn't do. You didn't run the ball. You didn't get out in front. You didn't let your defense run wild. Isn't that playoff 101? It's crazy that they, and it was like, it was almost like they were on their heels before the game even started simply because who they were playing. And that's why you have to have mad regrets. Like, you wonder if there's distractions. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinators, you know, in the mix for all these different jobs. Right, right. But it's just so uncharacteristic of a John Harbaugh team. To be so passive like they were. And unprepared. Unprepared. The game plan on offense, like at some point you gotta fix that. You gotta go to halftime back. We're gonna run the football. At halftime, it was 17 to 7. That's right. Just run the ball. I mean, you have so I mean, much their, time. Their left. defense pitched a shutout in the second half and they still couldn't make a dent. But in. that's what I'm talking about with Patrick Mahomes, is that they forced the Chiefs to punt five straight times. Yeah. And Mahomes is 
totally good with it. That's right. He's playing into the game plan. They're, he's like, fine. You know what happens when you punt? You don't throw Josh Allen picks. You don't throw balls in the dirt. You just punt the football. It's part of the game. And Patrick Mahomes in that second half was absolutely not saying that that was his choice. The Ravens bowed up, played well. Patrick Mahomes was absolutely fine with that because that's how you win. Latarius Sneed needs a lot more credit than he's getting. I know he got the post-game interview, but he's definitely emerged as one of the great corners in the league. You can only blitz and run heavy boxes like that if you're Kansas City, if you have a true shutdown corner or a couple, and that's what they had. It's been the whole key to the Chiefs' defense. Everybody gives Chris Jones all these accolades. But the fact they got linebackers that can cover in space and they got lockdown corners, that's why the Chiefs... No, no everybody wants to give all the credit to Mahomes and Andy Reid. Those guys are amazing. The Chiefs have one of the three best defenses in the entire NFL. That's why they're in this position. It's like Marty Mornoweg says, you and I were both in the middle of the season saying, man, Chiefs are messed up. Chiefs don't have playmakers. The Chiefs, maybe they've regressed a little bit. Maybe they got a hangover for being Super Bowl champs. Something's up with the Chiefs. As Coach Marty said all year long, if you got a top five defense, you got an all-time great coach, and you have an all-time great quarterback, literally nothing else matters. The thing that the Chiefs had been missing, though, was a top five defense. Now they got it. And if you have that and you got Mahomes, it's pretty much impossible to beat you. Yeah, that's why the Super Bowl is going to be so interesting and why the, the line is so weird because uh, Patrick Mahomes with the best defense he's ever had is going to just be a dog. Like, good, right. good luck with that. Andy Reid coached John Harbaugh's pants off. They're still, oh on, the, they're they're still, still on the 50-yard line. 100%. Yeah. Harbaugh was in a, a state of disarray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're, if you're the Ravens, you're sitting there thinking, man, what are we going to what, – what, what's next? Because they kept not going to get better. They kept Lamar healthy. Yeah, they have now multiple tight ends, which is a great Sta- stable of running him. backs. Yeah, stable of running backs. They have the best receivers they've ever had. They could get better at receiver. Arguably but, the best defense. But they have in the, the best league. receivers that they've ever had. They have one of the three or four best defenses in the league. Best kicker in NFL history. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, you're going to get better than this. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's uphill sledding. Yeah. The second game. If you're the Lions, I think wow, we're so sad that we blew it, but. Man, we got a lot of places where we could still grow. I mean, Jared Goff, he's a veteran, but he's still only 28 years old. Jameer Gibbs is a rookie. Sam Laporte is a rookie. Almond Ross St. Brown is what, year two or three? Yeah, he's not an old guy. Yeah. He's he's young. Penny Sewell's in year two. The offensive line's young. The defensive line's young. Agent Hutchinson's only in year three. And you have definitive spots on your team where you're not good. I mean, they're just not good at linebacker. They got completely exploited in the linebackers by, I mean, Kansas City was just annihilating the middle of the field with George San Francisco, Kittle. Yeah. Or San Francisco, excuse me, was just annihilating the middle of the field with Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Yep, yep. Every time McCaffrey would break through the, the defensive line, it was 11 more yards because they just had nothing at linebacker. And the, their secondary is not very good either. So, But on the other side, on San Francisco's side, I don't know if you watched the live line during the game. I did not. So the, um, the 49ers opened up as six, six and a half point favorites, closed at seven and a half point favorites last week. Even when Detroit was up 24 to 7, the Lions were never more than six and a half point favorites. Yeah. Even within the live betting. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I could see. So that. Vegas knew that it was coming. It's Kyle Shanahan. It's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. John Harbaugh goes in and takes his belt off <laughs> in preparation or something. And and Kyle Shanahan goes in and says, here's everything we did wrong. Here's everything we need to do. And it's really cut and dry. Quite simple. 
Debo Samuel, you're going to get the ball a ton. We're going to put you in all the things that have made us successful this year. Pressing the edge, making Debo Samuel kind of puts you in this position where you can, you kind of almost can play like 11 on 11 because he can just take on two guys. He can just be, it's like, it's like having a quarterback run game or something. Like if you just have to account for Debo and George Kittle as those physical styles runner, and then Christian McCaffrey's all of a sudden like your new change of pace guy, your la- the guy that isn't the main focus, he's the best ball carrier in the league. And he's right. like, doesn't even have to be your focal point. Right. Yeah, just get back to what you do and you run it down their throat and, and you're successful all over the place. Brock Purdy played well in the second half. You know, his legs probably changed the game. Absolutely. His did. ability to scamper around. What did George Kittle call that? He like, he like, uh, he's like a lemur. He kind of just hops around. He's, he's scooting and you're like, oh, he's kind of fast. What's going on here? He is fast. He's fast, yeah. He's, he's, I don't know. Hard to believe. I about this NFL with, quarterback's athletic. I, I was talking about this with, with Coach Marty and his son, though. He's even better than people think athletically. Brock Purdy is. Definitely, yeah. He's a top, what, 12 athlete in the league playing quarterback? Yeah, I think that's probably fair. He's not, he's certainly not Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. Those guys are the top two pure athletes. Kyler Murray, certainly not. No one's Kyler. No, nobody's Kyler. Kyler's, Kyler's one of one. One of one. For a lot of different reasons, good and bad. But Purdy's up there, man. I mean, he's... He's a lot. He's more athletic than Joe Burrow. Now that Joe Burrow's been banged Absolutely, up, he's yeah. more athletic than Justin Herbert. Yeah, no, and he's got just a different style of athlete. Those guys are kind of long, and they'd be rangy basketball players. Yeah, yeah rangy. He they're, can scoot, yeah. and they're like good baseball players and stuff. Yeah, but like totally. Purdy can actually run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting, fold. I thought that was a key factor. All football all the time with Brooks Nuanas here uh, on Nuanas Dow ESPN Radio, proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana. Takes a, one one quick point, Coulter, is I've heard a lot of coaches say this. I've also heard coaches who just hate this this idea, this concept. To win a Super Bowl, to win an NFC championship, mm-hmm. it takes a little luck. For sure. And they got a couple bounces there in the second half. That Brandon Ayuk catch was wild. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a pretty poorly thrown ball. I think his hand got tipped. I mean, to catch that, that's like kind of the stars are aligning. And like now you're playing with so much house money, you almost can't lose this kind of game. Uh, so that, you know, that it's does so play. Into, I don't think the Lions should be hanging their heads. Uh, they have a missed opportunity. I think that a lot of people have given Dan Campbell some flack uh, about his, you know, kind of some coaching decisions. And Yeah, what do you think of that part? I don't, we, uh, we cover f- up close and personal uh, the University of Montana, and Bobby Houck's blueprint forever is get up and stay up. We're going we're gonna to smash you in the face. We're going to bust up in a couple big plays. We're going to take advantage of opportunities. And then we're going to play from ahead. We're going to milk it, milk it, milk it, milk it. Bobby Ball, here we go. Dan Campbell's like, oh, we're going to score on four of our five first half possessions. And then we're going to go for it on fourth down three times in the next four. And we're not going to get in any of them. And they're going to score on their next five possessions. Yeah, it's kind of contrasting. So, I mean, what do you? I mean, what did you think of just Dan Campbell's continued aggressiveness? I think my opinion is that that's what got you there. You just got to figure out how to execute. If that's the style that you play, that's why you're Dan Campbell. Yeah, then you don't kick it in the first half and take that. Touchdown or that you take goal. the points, you take the points for sure. But he had another chance too, as well. It would have been a long kick, and Badgley's not been great this year. And I get kind of ha- having a lack of confidence in your kicker, and he's only like made 50% of kicks or something. It's not, uh, it's he's had a bad year, lots um, of bad kickers in the league this year for sure. Um, you know, I liked the ana- the blackjack analogy I've heard from several people is that there's no you don't there's, you don't play with feel, you either hit 13 or you don't. 
Like, that's right. And Dan Campbell kind of tried to play with feel a little bit yeah. throughout multiple times in the game. And that's probably not what the analytics would tell you to do. Is either you have a, you have a decision, you don't try to like manipulate it. In the first half, I love. I was like, wow, Dan Campbell's growing up. Look at him. He took the field goal like like you should. Good job, Dan Campbell. Yeah. But then, like you said, he goes forward a bunch in the second half. Really cool. The backbreakers were just a couple playmakers. Not you know. Josh Reynolds had two drops and and Jameer Gibbs fumbled it and you're yeah. gonna, you're going to lose those. You just can't turn. If they, you turn. they they went three. They went four and out. Turnover on downs. Fumble into a drop pass punt in three possessions. They, Niners scoring all those. You're losing that game. If you let the if you relinquish the momentum as which they did. Detroit did. Yeah. And then you turn the ball over three times in a row. You're losing. You should lose by more than three. That's right. Yeah. So I think they hung in there. But I, I thought Dan Campbell. The only bad decision was was the the run play on third down. Which who knows if that's even his decision or if it's you know the OC is it Ben Johnson is that right? Um, who might depart because he's got. I mean, he turned down the, both the Seahawks and really? the Commanders today. Man, his offense that first half was was litty. Man, he was going off. Going off. The Niners' heads were spinning. <laughs> he was going off, calling such a good yeah. game. Maybe it was his call, but that in the very end there, the third down run, and you have to call a timeout, and the game's over. Um, with a minute left, you got to have three timeouts. You got to just kick the field goal and keep your timeouts so that you call three and get the, you got to have a chance. You know, yeah. he called a bad timeout, but that's just inexperience. And uh, the Lions had such a good season. I don't know if they have a ton to hang their heads about, but it was right there. I think that, you know, I think most of that. They should. I bet you internally, they're probably pretty disappointed. Yeah, they're going to be just fine though because they. There's only a few teams in the NFL that draft for what they need rather than what the positional value is. Everybody's addicted to this positional value thing. It's so funny because the Patriots dominated the league for 25 years, and hardly anybody copied them. Everybody's like, "Well, we're going to go by the formula we use, which is the same as everyone else, except the Patriots. We're not going to copy the Patriots." Where the Patriots would just be like, "Okay, what do we need?" When we pick it, it doesn't matter when we're picking. What do we need? We need a receiver. We need a tight end. Oh, let's, let's take draft, a guard. Let's draft two tight ends. Then we'll also draft two guards because that's what we need. There was a year that they took a safety and a guard. <laughs> that's two right. like lowest and, positions. And that's, but that's why they were always beating people. It's just so funny that everybody else is like, well, first round pick, we got to take an edge. We got to take yeah, a quarterback. Yeah, it's the only thing we can ever take. And then you'd, you know, then you're taking the seventh best edge guy at pick number 22 instead of taking the best safety or the best linebacker. The only franchises that really have done that over the years are the Patriots and the Ravens. Well, the Lions showed the last two years that they're willing to do that. Probably the Steelers, too. The Steelers, yeah. But the Lions. Seahawks when they were hot. The Lions last two years have just decided, hey, we want, we want a running back. We want Jameer Gibbs. We don't care if. We got a quarterback. We got an edge. We got a tackle. We don't need those. We need a running back. So we're drafting Jameer Gibbs at 12. We don't. We need a tight end. We're drafting Sam Laporta at 34. So that's why I think, though, they're going to be able to just add. Because they're not scared to be like, okay, let's get better at linebacker. Great. Let's use our first and second round picks on linebackers. So what What about this, though? What, okay. about, what about the Rams having all of their pieces back next year? A team that very well could have beat the Lions in the, first, in the, in the divisional mm-hmm. round. You have the Eagles who have a bounce back. Maybe they got something. They got figure some stuff out. Let's, yeah. let's just say that the Eagles are. A contend- I mean, they're, they're one of the five best teams. A in the, contender. They're one of the five most talented teams in the NFL, so they should be a contender in the NFC for sure. We'll just say that. Yeah. Um, and then let's say that the Packers are Packers are coming. Packers are coming. Let's say yep. that the Vikings get something figured back out, and they're just a borderline playoff team. 
And then Which the, they will be because they were an unmitigated disaster this year and they still won seven games. Almost, won, almost made the playoffs. I mean, if you have Kirk Cousins, you win 10 and you make the playoffs. I right? agree. And I think that they, I think Kevin O'Connell's a pretty good coach. And then you have either Justin Fields, who was on an absolute heater to end the season. I mean, Justin Fields was lighting it up. The Bears were lighting it up. The Bears were playing pretty well. Let's say they even move on from Fields and they get Caleb Williams. Yeah. That's a tough division all of a sudden. Oh, and, uh, You're going to say sure. that Kirk coming back is a top 12 quarterback. Jordan Love is solidified a top 12 quarterback. Yeah. You don't know what Justin Fields or Caleb Williams are. They're kind of interchangeable, but sure. dangerous to me. And then you have Jared I mean, Goff. They, the Bears won seven games this year, and that's amazing. A considering, bad team. Like, at the beginning of the year, they were hilariously bad. bad and bad. then they became oh, fine. Like, definitely fine. Montrez Sweat played really well at that trade from the Commanders. Yeah. I just think that that division all of a sudden becomes a little bit more interesting. Well, for sure. And, like, what happens in Atlanta? Like, if Raheem Morris is, lives up to the height, like Atlanta's got a lot of talent. Like Atlanta played really bad this year a lot of times, and they still won eight games. Totally, they almost won their division. I right? The Saints could do the same thing. Oh man, the Saints are just the completely Bucks, perplexing. The to Bucks me. were challenging, but the Saints with a healthy Alvin Kamara, you got one more yeah. good year out of Cameron Jordan. Like I just there's there's a lot of talent in the NFL to no, say to right. say that the Lions are just a rinse and repeat NFC Championship team, just like the or the Lions, just like the Niners are, just like the Chiefs are. It's like, no. I don't think that's true no. at all. Well, the, I mean, the Niners the Niners are the greatest example of it, right? Like, think about how good the Niners have had to be. The, the, this last week was the Niners' sixth conference championship game in the last eight years. Never never winning in the Super Bowl. And they haven't won the Super Bowl one time. They've only that's been to the Super Bowl twice. That's how hard it is. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers played in their 19th NFC championship game on Sunday. They've only won eight. They've lost 11. They were 7-11 and 11 in NFC Championship games. That's wild. And they haven't won the Super Bowl since you were three. The, like, it's been since 1994 that the Niners won the Super Bowl. Yeah, never in my life. Everyone who talks about the Niners, I'm always like, they've never been good a day in my life. I mean, <laughs> even when they just haven't been uh, Super Bowl good. They've been so good. Right. I, you know what I'm saying. Would you think that this is fair to say? The recency bias, let's just, let me, let me soak up in it, right? Sure. After watching what the Ravens did and watching Lamar be yeah. vulnerable and, you know, is Justice Hill the answer? Like Gus Edwards, Zay Flowers. Watching the Ravens. Yeah. Watching the Chiefs with mm-hmm. Mahomes and you got all that, right? And then all the teams that are already out, you know, some good teams in there. The Niners are the best roster by, like, like leaps and bounds, right? In the NFL? Yeah. Oh, yeah. By, like, like a ton. Like sure. Brandon Ayuk. They got the old school Indianapolis Colts. Brandon Ayuk at times on the offensive at wide receiver is the fourth best guy. And he is a bona fide number one receiver. It's it's because they have they have the this is another formula that has existed for a long time that everybody refuses to replicate. It's the Billy Polian formula. You paid eight to ten superstars and then you just draft and, and develop. Good point. You just draft and develop, and you are good enough at drafting and developing. Then all of a sudden you got, you know, they also had Chase Young fall in their lap, who, by the way, I thought looked terrible in he's the looked, playoffs he's the looked last bad. couple He's looked weeks. bad since he's got there. Um, he's huge, so he can hold his own, but he's not impactful. He can't play against the run. He just not, he's not, he's got to figure it out. They, they definitely got to figure it out. If yeah. he's a spell guy, though, you're fine. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope so. He's the number one player in America coming out of high school and a number two overall pick in the NFL draft. I've never been impressed. He can't keep his weight under control. He's just, he's lost a little burst, his knee. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. But you pay, that's why Purdy's the key to this whole thing, because he's getting paid nothing. Yeah, once he gets a contract, then you're, it's over. 
But it's going to work out for them, though, because there's other guys that are going to be washed by the time that happens. Sure. You're not going to give Trent Williams another big contract. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're not going to give George Kittle another big contract. We'll see what they do with Christian McCaffrey. I, I love McCaffrey. You're just not going to give him another big contract. He's never been able to stay healthy. How is he going to stay healthy when he's in his 30s, when he's already, he's not big. He just scored 25 touchdowns. Oh, I know. He's swole. But like, how? Look at look at the seasons after the guys have scored twenty five touchdowns from Sean Alexander to Ladainian Tomlinson to Priest I, Holmes to Larry Johnson. Like, I hear just go it. on down the line. It's just a matter of time. Uh, that's what I'm saying, though. Is like, even if they do have to pay Purdy, then they're just gonna have to reload. But like, their windows now. They have to do this right now while all these guys are in their prime because it's it's this year and next year, and that's probably it for sure. Um, when did you first learn or recognize, realize rather? that Christian McCaffrey has a full sleeve tattoo. When did you know that? How about that? <laughs> his left arm from mid forearm all the way up to his shoulder is on the backside is completely blasted with tattoos. And he just wears a he wears nope. an arm sleeve over it? No, he wears turf tape over it. But yeah. you can look. When did you know that? I never knew that. I never knew that either. Christian McCaffrey has a full sleeve tattoo. Now you know. Unreal. No one's now ESPN Radio, SWX by Tad Television, and the ESPN MT app. We'll do some best bets for this Super Bowl Sunday next week when Super Bowl Sunday is actually on the horizon. But I just wanted to get some recapping in on uh, the championship Sunday from this previous week. Okay, uh, last thing then, just initial thoughts on the line. So here's where we're at. Uh, the uh, the Niners opened up at minus one and a half. It's moved now to minus two and a half. I thought it was going to move the other way. I thought money would be coming in on the Chiefs, not the Niners. Me too. But it moved to minus two and a half now. This game's in Vegas, by the way. Do you think that has a factor for either of these teams? No. Is is there or should there be a bet for, uh, like, over-under guys that get in trouble? They're all not staying in Vegas, both teams. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, they're staying outside of Vegas, like 25 miles. Lake, Lake Vegas. There's somebody's going to figure out a way to get down there to the old craps tables. I, I can promise you that. Yeah, I don't know, man. People have changed so much these days. <laughs> They certainly this have. This is in 1978 where you're just freestyling. You don't want to be on the cell phone video. The uh, the Chiefs money line opened up at plus 102. It's up to plus 110. So that's fascinating. And then the uh, over-under is at 48 and a half. So just what do you think of the uh, the initials here? I think uh, it's exactly this? opposite. I think you race to a machine. I agree. I would take the Chiefs all the way up to three and a half. I just don't favorites. know how you watch what we just watched. Watched. Watch this 49ers just spinning like a top for a whole half and just watch Mahomes well, and, just dissect and, the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. And you're just like, we got this. Well, and here's the other We're, thing. We should be favorites. Here's the other thing is that the Lions inexplicably went away from it. The Niners haven't been able to stop the run in a yeah, month. Yeah, they haven't been able to stop they, they the run. Yeah. They got the, the best-looking D-line in football. They're getting blasted. Yeah, they like are. Fred Warner was invisible the yeah. last two weeks. He's the best off-ball linebacker in the NFL, and he has not been the last couple weeks. Where has he even been? Like, the only thing time Fred Warner's in the screen is when he's diving on the end of the pile 10 yards down the field. But the Lions inexplicably went away from that. The Packers did it, and they almost beat them. Yep. And the Packers are not a good run. I mean, the Packers are just a very average, middle-of-the-road run team. That's the other part about the Chiefs that's underrated. We talk about the defense being underrated. Isaiah Pacheco's underrated. Absolutely. And and it's Mahomes a, will get him into the stuff. He's a star, yeah. He'll get him into the stuff to run it right down your throat. They're not stopping it. They'll do it. And then it's like, okay, third and six, Travis Kelsey, let's go. Yep. I think the Chiefs have a huge chance to possess the ball from start to finish. Uh, yeah, I'd race to the machine. I, I, I think that the... the Simplest, easiest bet. There's two simple, easy bets you can make in this. Pick the winner of the game and pair it with the over, 
or just pick the winner of the game. The over. The over. Both these last games went under. Uh, no, not the 49ers game. Yeah, it was 51 and a half. Yeah, 49ers game, they scored 65, 34-31. Oh. 49ers, oh, right, right, 34-31. Right, right, right. The Chiefs have been under, but 48 and a half is, I, I still think this is going to be a 27-24 type game, a 27-21 type game. I just, I don't know. I think the over. I, th- I think the over and the, and the team you think is going to win. Pair those two together. But there, but you said it's like, just logically, you said it's two of the five best defenses, so we're going to bet the over? I don't think the Niners are playing like a best defense. Yeah, that, I thought the Ravens fair. were. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think, I just, I think the Niners are swimming defensively. Man. And I just think two weeks of prep for Patrick Mahomes, they're going to make him swim even more. Who's guarding Travis Kelsey? How is this line real? How is it real? That's what I don't understand. And how has it moved in favor of the Niners? Because I just said they have so, so much talent, but how could you ever bet against Patrick Mahomes? Especially if they get Joe Thune, uh, Thune back. He was the first team all pro. He's just like four Super Bowls. I know. Multiple Super Bowls with the Patriots. I know. He's only 30 years old. He's like one of the three, three or four best guards There's in the There's also the fact that it, like all of their receiver woes, what's what's happened to those? They've gone away since they started leaving Kadarius Tony's ass at home. Yeah, well, you also, you know, the ball comes and sticks in your face mask, and you don't <laughs> have to try to catch it because it's just so But, perfect. like, they know how to massage that. Like, Valdez Scantling has been the dog, the dude who's been on the wrong end of all the bad plays all year long, and what they do to seal the game against the Ravens. Throw it to him. Throw him the ball. Yeah. Made the catch. Yep. That's what you do. And that's how you get a guy going, and that's how. You, that's why you've won all the Super Bowls recently. I, I, just, I just think that if... If the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, this rivals the mid-'70s Pittsburgh Steelers, the early-'90s Dallas Cowboys, and the mid-2000s New England Patriots as the greatest dynasty in NFL history. Not even Tom Brady's ever been to four Super Bowls in six years. People forget this. Tom Brady played in ten Super Bowls and won seven of them. It always took... Multiple, they would go back to back and they, they three years. They down. only went, they only won back to back once. Wild. And they only went two back to backs twice. They would always go, go, or go, miss, go. Yeah. Four out of six is, is almost unprecedented. And if you win your third in six years, then you're in the conversation. That's why it's just crazy that it's plus odds for the Chiefs. And we'll see how it all shakes out, Colter, when all these guys' careers are over and the whole generation has passed, right? But I would say that those Steelers teams and those Patriots teams will literally have two to three times more Hall of Famers than we're on those, these Chiefs teams. For sure. Like, I mean, they got Kelsey and Chris Jones, maybe, and Mahomes, and that's it. Like, who's been from six years ago who was a, a Hall of Famer on these Tyree Chiefs Kill. teams? Tyree Kill. Okay. I don't think it's, I think the Patriots are like in that Tom Brady's seven Super Bowl wins will have like 30 Hall of Famers. <laughs> That's true. It's true. And the Steelers teams, like those whole teams are Hall of Famer teams. Like they're, it's true. It's packed full of talent. I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have talent on the team. It's, it's a true, it's a true testament though to how good Mahomes and Kelsey yeah, are. Though. Absolutely. And how good Andy Reid oh, is too. Travis Kelsey's, I mean, it was Gronk and I think that Gronk became the greatest tight end of all time. And I think that Travis Kelsey's kind of blown past him. Man. He's the greatest receiving tight end in playoff history, bro. He has more catches, catches has more yards, has more touchdowns. Yeah. The thing is Gronk's got five rings. Yeah. Five rings and, and Gronk definitive, is a lead he's also got definitive playoff and Super Bowl, most moments. Super Bowl moments. I know, but so does Kelsey. Kelsey does too. He's got one Super Bowl. I worth. don't know. Gronk can block. It's those two right there together. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I don't want to make the, yeah. it's got to let time pass a little bit. But The last thing you got to remember is, and this is conspiracy Coulter coming out, Ooh. is the machine going to let 
Taylor Swift's boyfriend lose the Super Bowl? <sighs> I thought about it before I even... Did you watch him on the field after the game? Of course. I thought it was all been so silly that this has been made such a big deal of. You're missing out, dude. No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying, though. Watching him on the field... It's not fake. It's beautiful. It's, people that think it's, it's not people fake. People that has to say that it's fake, it's not fake. They absolutely love each other. I don't love the tinfoil hat thing, but if you think that this is made up. They're not They're not faking it. If if they are faking it, Taylor Swift is the greatest actress ever. They are. So, is so authentic. It's so authentic. Watching them. It's awesome. It's awesome. If you aren't into this, you're just, you're just grumpy and lame. I'm great, not saying you have to be a fan of it, but great don't be a tweet hater. Earlier, great tweet earlier this week by our journalism friend, Kathleen McLaughlin, who lives in Butte and uh, covers a lot of different stuff. But she tweeted, maybe if we had great local news where people could get good, accurate information on all this different stuff, that people wouldn't think it was a conspiracy that two hot celebrities were dating and yeah. one plays football and one does music. Oh, baby. It's true. Like, 50 years ago, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are dating. That's 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 what I'd say you should date. I, I thought it before I ever heard it on any other podcast but i have heard it since and i do think there's an option Colter. taylor swift has a concert in tokyo the day of the super bowl that's right she can make it back there's a special flight you know she's yep. one of the richest people and most famous <laughs> people in the world she'll just buzz back on a little private flight get there an hour before yeah i think that there are is a chance that he proposes to her on the field with the confetti going down <laughs> i i think there's a chance oh man regardless i do think they get they get married carolyn this is for you and i think it's gonna be awesome i <laughs> gotta love it Football time presented by Sportsbet Montana. Visit sportsbetmontana.com and uh, get that Sportsbet Montana app in your life. We'll have a whole list of best bets, whether it's the uh, money lines, the spreads, the in-game player props, and much, much more next week. But uh, thanks for being here, Brooks. Yeah, thank you. Love it when the guys are talking football. Football all the time. Just one piece of Super Bowl betting advice from me. Just don't bet on the coin toss. Whatever else you want to bet in in the game, do that. If you bet on the coin toss, you're throwing money away. It's Nuanez now, ESPN Radio. I'm Andrew Houghton sitting in for Coulter Nuanez. Uh, haven't heard from me in a while because that was a great uh, comprehensive segment with Brooks and Coulter Nuanez. But we'll be back right after this to take you home on a Friday. Coming up, Boys, Bozeman Boys Basketball Head Coach Troy Hostetler. You're listening to Nuanez now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Oh! one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Class AA Spotlight brought to you by Florence Coffee Company Grizzly Disposal. 
Montana Imaging Center, and Stockman Bank. They'll be sponsoring our coverage leading up to the Class AA Boys and Girls Basketball Tournaments, which are coming back to Missoula this year after a long hiatus. We can't wait, so we'll be bringing you coverage, previews, interviews, uh, all the way leading up to those tournaments. Let's hit that bit. Class AA Spotlight here on Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Super excited to bring you coverage of Class AA basketball across the state of Montana leading up to the Class AA state tournaments, which, of course, are in Missoula this year for the first time in a long time. We'll have plenty of coverage based around those tournaments uh, for the entire month of February and kicking it off, uh, talking with Bozeman High boys basketball head coach Troy Hostetler. Bozeman, of course, undefeated, still in number one in the state, so we figure that's a good place to start. Troy, thanks for the time. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, the Bozeman Hawks, as mentioned, undefeated, 11-0, and coming off wins uh, last week against Belgrade and Billings Senior. We're playing this on a Thursday, uh, so they got two games this weekend as well, playing at Billings West tomorrow on Friday and then hosting Billings Skyview on Saturday. Coach, I just wanted to start with the games from last week. Uh, two more wins for you. What would you take away from those wins against Belgrade and Billings Senior? Well, I thought we uh, we did a good job of you know doing the things we had to do to be successful. We didn't we didn't play great, um, and in the game on Thursday against Senior, they kind of hit us with a little bit of a, a curveball there with playing a triangle and two against us, and so we hadn't seen that this year. And so, but I thought the kids did a good job of making adjustments as the game went along, so we could uh, you know knock down some shots. And but defensively, we played pretty well. And then looking forward to, to this weekend at Billings West on Friday, hosting uh, Skyview on Saturday. What are you looking forward to about those games? Of course, already played those two teams, two, two wins already in the books against those teams. Are you expecting them to, to show you something different maybe the second time around? You know, I don't, you know, those, those two programs have been good for a long time, so I don't think they're going to change just because they lost the game. Um, you know, they're very two quality programs or two very good teams. Um, you know, I'm anxious to see where we're at as far as, you know, how we've improved, you know, going into the second half of the conference year and, uh, you know, seeing where we're at there, you know, two, two tough games, especially on the road there at Billings West, it's always a tough place to play. And then having to turn around the next day and and play a, a very good Skyview team. So it'll be a good challenge for us this weekend. Troy Hostetler, head coach of the Bozeman High Boys basketball team, joining us for a Class AA Spotlight. And, Coach, one more game I wanted to ask you about from earlier in the season. Of course, the Crosstown game, uh, Gallatin, Bozeman-Gallatin High School. Of course, still kind of new on the scene that you guys have a Crosstown game even. But what a phenomenal game earlier in the season. You guys were able to pull out a 77-75 win. That one was at Gallatin. You're playing them again, hosting them in a couple of weeks. But just take me back to that Crosstown game and how you guys were able to pull out your closest game of the year. Well, I, I thought we did a good job of, of staying close. You know, they had the lead for most of the game. We did a good job at the end of the game hitting some big shots um, to either get us the lead or tie it up and get it into overtime. Um, they shot the ball very well that game. We were fortunate to come out on top. Um but I thought we did, a, we did a good job of taking care of the basketball. I think we out-rebounded them by three or four. And so, you know, those are things we always emphasize, taking care of the ball, and we got to go get rebounds. And so, you know, I thought that was, that was obviously 
um, you know, two keys for us to be successful in that game because they shot the ball extremely well that game. Bozeman High, of course, came into the season looking for a breakthrough, had a good season last year, made it to uh, the state semifinals and lost to the eventual state champion, Hellgate. What did you tell the guys coming into the season? I mean, what was sort of the feel around the team coming into the to the season there at Bozeman? You know, coming off a good year last year, knew you were talented, but also it had ended disappointingly last year. Yeah, obviously, um, you make it to the semis. It's it's not a bad season. That's a good year. Um, but we were disappointed in how it turned out. And, uh, you know, these guys have come back. You know, a lot of these guys, half of my varsity team, Played, played football this fall, and so they had a lot of success, uh, you know, winning a state championship in football. So, um, you know, four or five, four of my five starters are football players. Six of my top, you know, eight are, fo- are football players, and so they've been in big games. They've had a lot of success, and so, you know, the expectations were high. I knew we'd be good. You know, how good we would be early, I didn't know because we were coming off a long football year, but the guys have done a great job of, you know, they turned the page on one season and went to the next you know, we've been obviously pretty successful so far this year. And of course, as as Coach Hostetler mentioned, Bozeman High winning the Class AA state football title in the fall. Have you had experience with that before? I mean, do you find that that helps? I mean, clearly a good class of athletes, but also the championship experience, right, where you have kids who have, who have won titles or played for titles in other sports. Do you find that that helps? Absolutely. Um, we want kids to be multi-sport athletes. We want them to be in situations where they have to compete, um, you know, on a, on a daily and a weekly basis. I think that is nothing but a positive for us, even though, you know, coming off of football season, we have to give them a little bit of time to recover from the, the grind, you know, the grueling physicality of a football season. Uh, mentally, they've been there. Um, it's taken, I think, probably through the Christmas break for them to probably heal up a little bit. Um but they've been great. They they don't miss weight sessions. Um, they work hard. They compete. And so, you know, we we have done that in the past where we've come off a you know a successful football season and had to make adjustments at the beginning of the basketball season. So, it's something we've done before. These kids were on that team. Um, Kellen really being the only one that played, but they were on that team that made it to the state championship two years ago. So they've been in those type of environments, and obviously. Um, this year in football um, adds to that. Class AA Spotlight here on Nuana is now putting the spotlight on the number one team in the state for boys basketball in Class AA. The Bozeman Hawks undefeated 11-0 heading into the weekend. Head coach Troy Hostetler joining us on Nuanez now. And coach, tell me a little bit about your team and uh, the name that everybody knows that you mentioned. Kellen Harrison, he's the Gatorade Player of the Year for football. Uh, he's been spectacular on the basketball court as well. He had, I believe, 34 points in that crosstown win against Gallatin that we were talking about a little bit earlier. I guess just start with him, right? Uh, what makes him such a great, such a great player? Well, obviously he's talented. Um, people that watch him play can see that he, he can he can score at all three levels. He can he can go finish at the rim. He's got a good mid range game, a good pull up game, and he can shoot the three. Um, you know he can handle it. He will get after you defensively. He competes on both ends of the floor, and I think that's probably you know his biggest attribute is he competes. Um, he doesn't like to lose. Um, he competes at you know whether we're running sprints, whether we're doing a one on one drill, um, playing five on five. It doesn't matter. He is giving effort. And so that is a great, you know, example for the other kids that see him that, you know, one of our better players, maybe our best player, 
um, also is one of our hardest workers. And so, you know, as a coach, when you have a kid like that, you know, you have a good chance to be successful. And then tell me about, you know, the rest of the roster. As we know, plenty of athletic talent in that class of, of athletes at Bozeman High School. Who else do you rely on? Well, Cash Embry is a junior guard for us. He's been one of our better scorers this year. Um, Chapman Weehart has um, shot the ball very well. Um, he's one of our – he's scored in double figures. Um, Quade Ass and Rocky Lanchoni um, were obviously on the football team, and, you know, Rocky's signed with MSU to play football. So, you know, we've had guys that, that expect a lot of themselves, play at a high level. Um, Torin Jeske played football for us, comes off the bench. And so we got guys that, you know, they like to compete. Um, they come to practice. Um, on a daily basis and, uh, you know, they, they come to work and, and come to get better. And so that's, you know, that's the thing we look to do each and every week as, you know, most teams do is we're just trying to get better, you know, hopefully, um, you know, if we, if we practice well and we compete well, wins are a byproduct of that, but we're just trying to get better as we move towards the end of the year. Well, the wins certainly have been piling up for Bozeman High's boys basketball team this year. 11-0 are the Hawks heading into games this weekend at Billings West and against Billings Skyview. That one's going to be in Bozeman. Uh, Head coach Troy Hostetler joining us for a Class AA spotlight here on Nuanez. Now we'll keep bringing you Class AA spotlights, boys and girls, throughout the month of February leading up to those Class AA state basketball tournaments in Missoula. We're happy to have them back in Missoula, and we're excited to show you what we've got going on here at ESPN MT based around the Class AA high school basketball tournaments. Troy, before I let you go, anything else that you wanted to mention just about your team this year, uh, these games coming up, or anything else that's been on your mind? No, I'm uh, just excited to, to go to practice and, and spend the last six weeks, whatever we have left in the year, with these kids. They're a special group. Um, you know, they, they bring a lot of enjoyment um, for us as a coaching staff. Hopefully they do to the fans that watch them. And, you know, they're, they'll be a, a group that's missed. I have, um, you know, nine seniors on this team. Not all of them get a lot of playing time, but they've, they've all been great. They compete. Um, they like being around each other. And so when you get a group like that, it it's makes it a very fun year. Well, Coach, appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend and throughout the rest of the regular season. We might catch back up with you as we get closer to those Class AA state basketball tournaments. But good hearing from you, and uh, appreciate the time. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, Nice to be with you. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. ESPN Radio Missoula. Thanks for rolling with us here on a Thursday. Got a little bit rushed at the end there, um, but happy to be with you on Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, and the ESPN MT app. We're going to kick it on ESPN Radio right into Lakers Celtics right after this, so keep it locked here for basketball tomorrow. Rajim Seabrook, the chick who doesn't know sports. More Jeff Safford on Grizz Hockey. We'll see you then. Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. 
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.